If you want to be the person that lights up the room, that helps the most folks, that reaches your goals, the kind of person that other people cannot wait to hire while being prosperous, well, the fastest way to do that is to be the most rested and nourished person in the room. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Hey there, it's Carly, and I want to extend a extra warm welcome your way. I've been thinking a lot during quarantine about how if you're a human on planet Earth, you have been taught from a young age that what you do with your time equals how worthy you are as a person. And it's just not true. But that belief is really messing with us high achievers who find ourselves maybe in a different boat right now. And in a competitive economy, the fastest way to stand out is to be the most rested and focused woman in the room. In other words, what you do is as important as what you don't do. So if you're feeling overscheduled or like there's more to do than reasonable, it usually just means that it's time to lean back and look at the big picture of our career or our life in this moment. Let me say that another way. If you're feeling like you can't keep up, it does not mean that there's something wrong with you. That stressful sensation, it is divine information. That tension you're feeling is telling you that you've accidentally sipped the cultural Kool-Aid of hustle, 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 and it's saving you from having to do that much longer. Meaning, when you notice that you have too much on your plate, it's a cause to pause and celebrate. Because the funny thing here is if we don't notice something, we can't change it. And if you believe that going fast is the only way, then you'll be trapped in that pattern of doing and doing more forever. So let me be super duper clear about this. Hustling, going fast, doing the most, no pain, no gain, having this jam-packed schedule, it's one way, but it is not the only way to succeed in your career. There's other ways And today, we are going to go over one of them in a very specific way, because here's the deal. Everyone who wants to stand out in the crowd in their career can be competing by trying to do the same thing other people are doing or just better. Another way to circumvent that is if you want to be the person that lights up the room, that helps the most folks, that reaches your goals, the kind of person that other people cannot wait to hire or consult with while being prosperous. Well, the fastest way to do that is to be the most rested and nourished person in the room. It's to be the woman that has the space to pause and hear her own thoughts and make decisions that actually work for you. So you can expect to walk away from today's episode with a doable way to self-source your own schedule so that your calendar isn't just filled with, you know, the requests that other people are making on your time. You're going to have a very simple system that'll let you finally be caught up and some tried and true litmus test. This is for knowing exactly when to say yes and when to say no (laughs) so that you have space 
for what you care about and some wiggle room to breathe. And this is particularly applicable if you're driven or you have other responsibilities on your plate. I am not making this episode for people who have tons of free time all the time. This episode is specifically catered to you if you generally have more than enough that you could be doing at any moment. So let me start out here with a shout out, which you know is one of my favorite things to do. But this shout out is also an example of what is possible for us and how we can practically start to reclaim our time. So there was a woman named Teresa um, and Teresa joined me back when reclaiming time was just a five week long course. And I remember her reaching out to me because she was really floored and frankly kind of skeptical When in one of the modules, I explained how I personally usually only focus on about three main things each week, because that's how much I can do well. And she looked at her own to-do list, which was in her words, a mile and a half long. And then she told me how she felt all of the wheels in her head kind of spinning as she tried to compute this totally different approach. And she said, very frankly, she said, Carly, how in the world are you doing only three main things a week and having a thriving practice? Like, this just seems like magic to me. Is this impossible? Is this even real? Now, here's the part that got me really excited. Teresa reports back to me a little while later that she was talking to a friend who wanted her to go to an event that Teresa, frankly, wasn't that interested in. So she just kind of politely declined. She said, thank you for inviting me, but I'm not going to get to go to that event right now. And her friend pushed back a little bit. And she said, come on, it's going to be great. You're going to have a really good time. And Teresa said, "Mm, no, I can't. I'm not just into that right now. I'm trying this new approach where I only commit to three main things a week. And she said her friend's jaw dropped and she didn't know how to respond to that. And when she regained her words, she said, how is that even possible? I have so much on my plate all the time. I could never do that. And Teresa got to say, yeah, you can. (laughs) I used to think the same thing. And it's a myth. We actually do get to choose many of the places that we spend our time and our energy. And so she told her about reclaiming time. And I have no idea this woman will ever be interested in, in the work that I do here. But I do know this. What I love about this story is that this woman, for the first time in her life, heard that it was possible to not hustle like mad. She saw that there was another way. Teresa modeled what daring to pause and be thoughtful about what she puts on her calendar looks like. And who knows? Maybe this woman will explore that now. But if nothing else, she knows that other options exist. You see, when we reclaim our time, We're also giving other women permission to reclaim their time. There is a rippling out effect where we can model something that, frankly, was never taught to us before. And so today we're going to figure out what scheduling options make sense for you right now. And I just wanted to thank you, Teresa, and everybody else who's sending me in messages telling me about things that you've said no to or the extra space you have. Keep that coming. Post that kind of review up on iTunes or message me on social media. I love celebrating your wins with you. First things first, as we begin to talk about self-source scheduling, There's a mindset or kind of a way of looking at our career or the things we really care about that made a really big difference for me. And frankly, I'm a Jersey girl, right? I was raised near the Jersey Shore and I love me some Bruce Springsteen. 
And he once said that his intention is to have a lifelong conversation with his audience. And that really helped lead me to this macro view kind of moment, because I think about my work in the same way. And it really helped me start to lean back and realize that what we're experiencing right now in this moment, it's part of a much bigger story of our entire life, our entire career. So this is one moment and it's sacred because today only happens once, but there is no one thing that will define your success. There is no one email that you have to get right or presentation or workshop or project that has to be quote the thing that catapults you to the next level. I mean, how much energy and stress and pressure do we put on ourselves to write the perfect email message or to land that presentation perfectly? And that in and of itself is where we kind of like hone in and overdo and overwork and spend so much time and energy trying to get things perfectly when no one thing has to be the thing if we're ready to stay in the game for the long haul, to be the one that just keeps showing up. You get to have a beautiful, full story, and it's going to have twists and turns and things you planned for and things that were total surprises, all of it. But what we get to decide is what is going to be the central story of your career? Is it going to be about being busy? Is it going to be a story of struggle? Is it going to be about the fear of not being worthy or having to do all the things, right? I mean, professional FOMO, this fear of missing out is such a large cultural belief that if you don't consciously pause and reflect for a moment about what you actually want, it's so easy to FOMO or struggle or hustle or strain because that's what so many people are doing. So let's talk about what self-sourced scheduling kind of looks like. Here is my kind of like overall view of it. We do not get the life we want. We schedule the life we want. If you don't consciously prioritize putting the life you want on your calendar, you will accidentally fill your calendar with the requests of other people. And the next thing you know, it's like you're a passenger being tossed around in the backseat of your own life, feeling like there's never enough, never enough time, never enough money, never enough getting to take care of yourself. Like you're always chronically behind, even if you're standing in the face of abundance. So here's the doable way to begin to self-source your own schedule so that your calendar gives you life, not just to-dos, right? This is how we make space for your best work and your best decision rather than just what sucks you dry. So I like systems. You know that about me if you've ever listened to the podcast before. And there's really three parts to this self-sourced scheduling system that I'm about to share with you. And I think about it like this. There's a clearing component, a creating component, and a sustaining component. And we need all three of those components in order to have a schedule that gives us life. So when I say clearing, I mean clearing out what doesn't serve you. When I say creating, I mean consciously creating what you do want more of. And when I say sustainable, we've got to make sure that the things on your calendar are going to be able to be done and give you life. So it's one thing to sign up for something. It's another thing to be able to sustain doing it, right? And that's where that whole follow-through thing comes in, which is a conversation I have with a lot of driven people. 
who feel like they get great ideas and then it's hard to follow through on them. So if that's relatable for you, listen in here. Now, you also know that in addition to like having a little bit of a structure and a plan to follow, I like things that are easy to remember. If I can remember them, if I can have a cheat sheet, they are so much more likely to get done. So we're going to go over together these three B's of a self-sourced schedule that cover the clearing, the creating, and the sustaining phases. If you are a note taker, you might want to jot these babies down. So B number one of having a self-source schedule stands for bygones be bygones. This is the clearing phase. This is the phase where it's time for you to start letting yourself off the hook, begin dropping some balls strategically, and get okay with certain things just being okay. Here's what I want to know from you. Are there things on your to-do list or your calendar that you have felt bad about not getting to for a very long time? And that maybe some of them, you could just decide right now that you're not gonna do them. At least not right now. (laughs) Like this would mean that they either don't happen right now or they don't happen by you at all. So maybe you delegate it to another person or you delegate it for another season in your calendar, but right now won't be the time to do this. So let me give you an example of what that could look like. I used to have in my old house, I had this little closet in my office that for being an incredibly small space was packed with enough stuff to like like explode at any moment. It was like it was spring loaded. And every time I had to find something in that closet, I physically had to brace myself. Like I had to be ready to open the door to catch whatever was going to fall out. And it was driving me crazy. And I put it on my list to get to every week. I never got to it, but I felt bad about it. And it drained me every single week. And then it occurred to me one week, you know what? I'm not putting on my to-do list because real talk, Carly, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. (laughs) There are other things that are more important to me right now than getting to that closet. And I decided to be okay with the closet just being okay. I was replacing my perfectionist drive with the willingness to let something just be all right. So my perfectionism got toned down. And when my perfectionism is toned down, I am more present. To me, that's the alternative to perfectionism is presence. And I thrive in the face of presence. I thrive in the space of having extra room to breathe. So what can you chalk up to being a bygone? What in your calendar have you been trying to get in there for a long time and you're not following through on it because it's A, not that important to you, or B, you just really don't want to and nobody would be injured or suffer because you just don't do it. So go ahead, open up your physical calendar and take something out of there. You've got to be ruthless with this. I mean, get in there like you're holding a machete and slice something off the page. Reclaim your precious time. Reclaim these moments of your life. So phase number one is clearing. Bygones be bygones. Having women to talk to that can understand, you know, what I'm going through, especially the business part, I think that's really the big shift, having that tribe there. There's so much wisdom, collective wisdom that has come out of this group. I'm grateful for the opportunity 
that I've been given to be a part of this group. It's always helped me grow and to continue evolving as a human being, as a professional. Um, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. A part of what feels very authentic about our group is that I don't sense any level of comparison or competition. Everybody is so supportive and supported in exactly where they're at and celebrated for that. This episode is brought to you by the real women in the Reclaiming Time studio, the group coaching program I run for the last four years that guides driven career women from being people-pleasing, rule-following overachievers that secretly know that they are capable of more to finally having the time and energy to get to everything you care about without feeling pulled in 10 directions ever again. We use proven methods, but also sisterhood that will give you the resources and confidence to live into your goals. So if hustle is just so 90s to you also, you should know that I only open the doors for enrollment two times a year and we're about to open the doors again this June. I like to keep the studio a really cozy size that you have plenty of access to me. So if you want to increase your earnings and your nourishment at the same time, go to the show notes or over to carlyfane.com to get the full scoop and apply before it sells out in the middle of June. It was worth every dime I paid for it and it changed my life. Now, here's the second B of a self-source schedule. This is the creating phase. Now, when we're creating things that are going to go in our calendar, we've got to have my favorite word, boundaries. (laughs) So the second B of a self-source schedule is having some boundaries. Now, I'm going to talk about this in kind of an unusual way here. But if you know that you want to go really deep into talking about boundaries, head on over to carlyfane.com and take my free boundaries like a boss class. There is nothing for sale in there. Just pure content that I've been getting some great reviews about from a lot of women. It's giving them back their time. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But here's what you need to know about boundaries specific to your calendar right now. I want you to think for a moment about a time when a boundary was crossed for you. A time when you had something on your calendar that you ended up really resenting. You might've resented the event. You might've resented the person you said yes to. Whatever it was, it was just something you were just dreading or not looking forward to it. And you were like spinning out all this energy, sweating it before it even happened. And then you actually had to do the thing, right? Or you bailed at the last minute and felt terrible about it or did kind of a half-assed job. And so either way, this whole thing just didn't serve you in your calendar. So I want you to think about that for a moment. Recall whatever it is, recent or not recent, a time when you committed to doing something that you didn't want to do. Now, I want you to think about how that thing got on your schedule. How did it come to be there? Did it come to be there because you're like me and you're naturally enthusiastic and whenever somebody asks you to do something, you genuinely want to say yes in the moment. And so you said yes before you actually looked at your calendar. That used to happen to me all the time. Or did it get there because the person who asked you was just really persuasive and you had a knot in your stomach, but you said yes anyway? You tell me, how did this thing end up in your schedule? And now let's talk for a moment about how we prevent things that don't serve us from being in our schedule in the first place. 
So the boundary around having a self-source schedule that makes sure that we're kind to our future self is you get clear on your non-negotiables. What are the things that I must have in my life on a regular basis because it fuels my body or my business or my relationships, right? So your career, your health, or your connections with other people that you care about. What are your non-negotiables? For example, I had um, a client today. I just got to do a great session. I've been doing more corporate work lately, doing online courses with, with businesses. And I got to sit with the folks at Ginny Media who produced my podcast, which is a double win. And we talked a little bit about non-negotiables. And one of the women there said, you know what? One of my non-negotiables is meals. I know I need to be eating more than I am, but lately I eat one thing at like 4 p.m. And that's it. I'm working all day long. And she realized food is non-negotiable for me, right? And you might've heard me say before, like there is no business without our body. We have to have a functioning body in order to do functioning work. And so for her, she knew her body needs food. She thinks clearer. She gets more done in less time. Food has now become a non-negotiable for her. Non-negotiables for me. Here's an example. I don't coach before 10 a.m. And I make very few evening commitments. That's just time for me. I need my time at the end of the day to kind of chill out, mellow down, do the things I enjoy. I read, I take a bath, I talk with my nephews, whatever it is, right? That gives me life. So that's one of my non-negotiables is I work between 10 and four. That's it. (laughs) And before and after that is non-work time on most days. So I want you to consider what are two or three non-negotiables for you? And I really do encourage you to write these down. There's something that happens cognitively when we do the art of writing with a pen or pencil. Um, at a minimum, type it up in your phone or on your computer, right? But list out a few of your non-negotiables. So now you've got your non-negotiables, I suggest you put them someplace where you're going to see them often, like a post-it note in the place where you are often using your calendar, Right. And I want you to ask this question the next time an opportunity for something to go on your calendar comes your way. Here's the question. Does this thing either support or sabotage my non-negotiable? Does this thing support or sabotage my non-negotiable? So for example, the woman over at Ginny Media that shared about how eating well is really important to her, she can ask herself, okay, does me committing to something during my breakfast time support or sabotage my non-negotiables? <laughs> and the obvious leading answer there is, well, yeah, that's clearly sabotage, right? Same for me, right? If somebody wants to schedule with me an appointment at eight o'clock at night, that's going to sabotage the good rest that I need in the evening to show up the next day. So it's a not no for, it's a, it's a no, I should say for right now, right? Does this support or does this sabotage my non-negotiable? Now, here's what's important. Things can be flexible and still non-negotiable, meaning if we take the food example that this one client had, then we could say, she could say, oh, the only time that this great client can schedule with me is during breakfast from at eight o'clock. So you know what? I'm going to schedule in an hour after the meeting for me to go eat some breakfast. And that's fine. It won't really throw me off. I'm okay with that. So she was able to be flexible with herself, but it was still non-negotiable, meaning it had to be scheduled in and it had to happen. So B number two of a self-source schedule is boundaries. Now here's B number three of a self-source schedule, a buffer of breathing space. 
This is the type of self-source scheduling phase of sustainability. This is where we make sure that we are able to sustain the good work that we want to be creating in the world. So it's really important that at the top of the year, when you know that there's going to be some, you know, events that you're looking forward to, maybe you've got like my nephew's birthday's in June, I'm going to schedule that out in January. Like I know when his birthday is, I'm blocking time off for that in January because I can. But maybe you're going to look at things a month in advance or a week in advance, depending on what works for you. And you're actually going to make space for what energizes you. That might be time with your kids or might be time away from your kids. It might be time with a friend or an evening in by yourself. You're going to physically schedule in the things that are important to you. Because I'll tell you, you know how like if you don't schedule in your appointment to get your haircut before you leave the building, that sometimes you don't notice that you need a haircut until it's like your roots are totally grown out and now you're desperate and they can't get you in, right? Scheduling are the things we really care about work in a similar way. We don't want to wait until we realize that we're entirely depleted to then have to squeeze something in a few weeks from now. We want to schedule what is most important to you in advance. So in addition to scheduling what energizes you, It's also important to schedule in room to digest. See, I don't believe that we as women get enough space to digest what is going on in our lives. We're expected to go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And it's no wonder we get caught in this cycle of having to do so much because we don't have the wiggle room to process and learn and think really clearly before we say yes to the next thing. So we've got to schedule in room to digest. And I'm going to give you two examples of what this happens to look like in my practice. So I schedule in integration time after an event. And it literally says in my calendar and my co-pilot, Ellen, who's my in charge of my scheduling, she will tell you that there are spaces in my calendar that just say the word integration. So for example, if I lead a big day-long workshop, the next day, there's going to be a number of hours blocked off that just say the word integrate. And during that time, I'm just processing what happened the day before. Maybe I need to like lay low and read a little bit, respond to some emails, check in with some people about the event, but I'm kind of culminating and I'm marinating and I'm integrating everything that just happened so that I make sure that I get all of the richness out of that event that I've made good connections, I followed up on them, and I'm not expecting that the day after a big event, I just go right back into the swing of things and take on the next project, or else I will be perpetually in the swing of things, taking on projects all the time. (laughs) That's my accidental default. So integration is one thing we can schedule on our calendar for a time for us to process after we know we'll have just done a big chunk of a project or a big event has happened. Sometimes that looks like personal events too, like your child is graduating over the weekend, then on Monday, you might need to integrate. And for as many days as you need to, or for many little, you know, 15 minute moments for as long as you need to spread out over the course of a few days or a few weeks, but building in some time to integrate. Now, the other and the last thing that I'll recommend is that in your calendar, there are spaces that say space. (laughs) That's it. So this is wiggle room to do what feels true in the moment. 
because we are not made to be on all the time. So you put in the word space for 15 minutes or a half an hour or a full hour or a full day once in a while. And that way in the moment, you can do what needs to be done. Meaning in that moment, if you feel inspired to call up a friend who's free for lunch, great, go do it. Or go see a movie at two o'clock in the afternoon or take a nap or read that book or catch up on some emails if that's what fuels your body and your spirit, if that's what leads into your non-negotiables, right? But we need some unscheduled time. And us high achievers, if left to our own devices, will schedule back to back to back based on the requests coming at us from other people. And so we've really got to consciously block off space. I encourage you to do that right now. Like, Just go to your calendar and block off space. And I, you know, in the beginning, when I first started blocking off space, I would do it. And then I would like, eh, kind of like squeeze something in there or move it around a little bit or just say like, I probably won't need space then. I'll be fine. I would always tell myself in my own head, oh, you won't need space. You'll be fine. You don't really need that, right? And then lo and behold, the day would come and I would regret it. And I wished I had that space. And so I've learned to be really firm with myself when I think I might try to push my needs away. My calendar doesn't always just say space. Sometimes it says, don't you dare, Carly. <laughs> like that's what that actual two hour chunk of time, it's actually labeled to don't you dare. It's my loving reminder to myself in a very firm way. Don't you dare compromise what you need in order to have the life that you want, Carly. Don't you dare allow yourself to become depleted and then deprive your clients of the best version of your work. Don't you dare. So that third B is a buffer of breathing space. So a quick recap. And as I say these, I want you to pay attention for the specific B that really speaks to you right now. You don't have to go all do all of these at once. That would probably be too much. But if you just picked one, which of the following Bs really works for you? Is it B number one from the clearing phase where you let bygones be bygones and you just cross something off your calendar that you're not going to get to right now and let that be okay? Is it B number two, the creating phase where you start to have some boundaries about what you schedule? And before you say yes to something, you ask if it helps to support or does it inadvertently sabotage your non-negotiables? And then you make the conscious decision to only do what supports your non-negotiables. Or is it B number three? That's the sustainability phase where we're building in these buffers of breathing space. So you've got either some space written in or some integration time written in and you've scheduled in the things you care about at the top of every week. There must be something in your calendar, if not every day, at a minimum every week that gives you life. So I want to know from you, of those three Bs, be it the bygones, be bygones, boundaries, or a buffer of breathing space, which one really stands out to you right now? Tell me about it. Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, put it on social media and tag me or put it in a review on iTunes and let's keep this conversation going. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep prioritizing what you value, including yourself. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. 
I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.